this episode of the Engaging Marketeer, I'm going to be going into social media and social media for a, a specific use. Uh, because normally when I talk about social media and I, I talk about things like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or X, as, it, as it's now called, um, I'm talking about it from a, a marketing perspective and how you can obviously grow your business, get more, get more leads and, and clients into your, your business. Uh, but social media also has other uses, other, other ways in which you can capitalize on its, its reach and the sort of dark arts of, of what it can possibly do. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before and you've listened to certainly earlier episodes of the podcast, you'll know that I've used social media quite effectively in, in tracking somebody who created a fake Facebook profile of my, my eldest son uh, some years ago. And I tracked the identity of that person in under an hour. So much so that I've even done a, a TEDx on the subject, which I talk about very, very often. So if you are a, an avid listener, you'll know all about this. But something happened a few weeks ago, again, to another one of my my, my kids, my youngest. Um, and it wasn't an online thing. It was an offline thing. And it's one of those cases where you feel completely helpless as a as a parent, unless you're able to use social media the way I did. Uh, so w- what happened was my my youngest uh, is 19 and she bought her first moped, a bike, which I wasn't too keen on her doing, if I'm honest, but sh- she does have excellent balance. She is very good and, and, you know, not falling over things, unlike my my middle child, Kira, who can literally fall over her own feet while walking around the pavement. No, no, no. My, my youngest is very good at balance. So I didn't have any problems that, you know, she's going to fall off this thing. So, But again, you're still not sure about a child buying a bike. But she bought a moped and it was to get her from, from home to work. Now, she bought this on the Monday. Um, I had to be a guarantor for the, the the finance arrangement on the bike, which was about three and a half grand for this brand new Honda Honda moped. And she bought it on the Monday, and she took it home from Cumbran to Newport in South Wales, put it outside the house, after driving it around for a bit just to get used to it. And within the space of a few hours, it had been stolen. Somebody had essentially just said, oh, I'll have that, and they buggered off with it. Now, it was brand new. She didn't think anything would happen that quick, which is why she left it outside the house. It didn't have any sort of lock or alarm, or any tracking device on it. And it also didn't have fully comp insurance. It was third-party insurance, which didn't include theft, unfortunately, because you can have third-party fire and theft, but this was third-party only. So somebody had nicked it, brand new, she'd barely ridden it at all, and it was gone. Now, in the area that she lives in, bike theft is exceptionally common. It's almost every day you see people complaining on Facebook that somebody's stolen a bike, somebody's had a bike nicked, whether it's a push bike or a motorbike or a moped, they're stealing them all the time. The police don't seem to be able to do that much about it. And indeed, the police didn't come out till the next day and they they weren't very optimistic, shall we say, on getting this thing back. Now, I live 200 miles away and I didn't really know what to do. I'm feeling quite helpless by this and I thought what's the one thing I am 
quite good at. And yeah, that's 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 social media. So I, I engaged in what I can only describe as my my most aggressive social media campaign to date. I was really freaking annoyed, quite frankly. Um, because she had to carry on paying for this bike. She had to carry on paying the finance every month for the next however many years it was. She's paying a hundred and something pound a month for this bike that she hasn't got. So I started to to do this on social media and I attacked a lot of uh, local groups for the, the area. Essentially putting photographs up of this bike and explaining what needs to happen for anyone to see it. And that started to get some, some traction. We started to get some interaction on the groups. We started to get some shares. We're talking hundreds and hundreds now. And then we started to get some messages of people claiming they've spotted the bike. But this wasn't enough because having the bike spotted wasn't, wasn't sufficient. So then I increased it and offered a reward for the return of the bike. And it wasn't before long that we started getting messages coming back with the identity of the person that had taken it and where they were on the time. So people were sending photographs to me that they had taken from their cars or from their houses of somebody on this stolen bike. And we even knew where they'd been on a particular day and what shop they'd gone into and what they'd bought because somebody photographed the whole thing. Now, throughout this whole process, I am communicating with the police. I'm giving everything to to the police. But unfortunately, when you phone up uh, the police to try and speak to them, you need to speak to the officer in charge of the investigation. And the way the police work, I think it was another three days before he was even back on. So nobody else could even, even speak to me. They suggest when you phone up that you report this via social media. Well, that's convenient. That's the platform that I like to use. Uh, and that's a quicker way of getting information to them. But whenever we're getting reports of this is where the person is now, right now with the bike, I send that directly to the police via, via Facebook. It takes about an hour for the police to respond via Facebook for them to go, what's this for again? What's this about? And it's like, just scroll up. Scroll up in the message. Scroll up, you'll see everything. And it was becoming more and more frustrating. We eventually got the identity of the kid's name. We knew who he was that had the bike. We had his bloody name, which was also given to the police. Useless. We had his name. We had his address. We had the address of his partner. We had the address of his mother. And I think we had the address of one of his friend's house that he often stays. So we knew all of these different locations. And the mother actually lived on the same street that my my daughter lived on, which explains why he was there and why the bike was stolen so quickly. But again, even with all this information, the police couldn't find him. We still had no hope of getting this, this bike back. A lot of people were saying to me, oh, I've heard the bike, it's being absolutely wrecked, it's being revved. You're not going to want it back because it's not going to be any state anyway. Hopefully it's insured. No, not to get any money back, it isn't. And then this, the strangest thing happened. Again, this is all through social media. The strangest thing happened. I had a call on Facebook. I had a call on Facebook with a drug dealer. I shit you not. I had a call on Facebook with a drug dealer 
who lived at the address that one person had responded back and said that this is where your bike is. Because my daughter had gone round to this address because she was running off straight away. As soon as any address comes up, she's running there immediately to see if she can get this bike because the police aren't doing anything. So she went to this address to have a look. And this guy comes out and threatens her, threatens to kill her if she doesn't leave and then starts counting down then and there. She doesn't leave. This is what's going to happen to her. And this guy phoned me up and started arguing with me on the phone, which, of course, I recorded. In fact, I'll play a little bit for you now. Hey, look you. Crying over your little three and a half grams in my bed. Crying over three and a half grams in my bed, trying to bait me. Trying to accuse me of making some stolen, stealing something in my bed. I know, I'm well aware you don't give a shit about stealing somebody's property and money. I'm well aware of that. I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. Yeah. I think I'm not. I'm not a thief. I don't go around stealing mopeds. Oh, you got morals, man. Fucking hell, you got a moralistic drug dealer. Yeah. Woo. That's impressive. Yeah, just, just because, oh, yeah, I, I did go to prison for selling drugs. That don't mean I'm a, I'm a bad person. I do not mean I'm a bad It literally person. means you're a bad person. No, not, not at all. So that's what happened with him. The most bizarre conversation I've ever had, and you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube should you want to. I'll put that link available below this podcast so you can see that. Whole conversation's there. So I'm having conversations and arguments with drug dealers all through Facebook. I'm having people sending me photographs with the identity of the kid that stole the bike and his address and where he can be found. But still nothing is happening. Still we don't have the bike back. It's extremely unlikely we're ever going to get it because eventually they're just going to burn it. They're going to burn it out. And we're not going to get it. Until finally, a week after it went missing. So we're talking Sunday from the Monday. The Monday it went missing, by the end of the week, by the Sunday. We eventually had the message from somebody that we've been waiting to hear. How much is that reward again? I found your bike. And the bike had been stashed in a stream, or just above a stream, covered with leaves. And some kid who was out supposedly walking his dog, I won't question the motives of this kid, he was about 15, I won't question the motives of this kid on whether he actually knew more than he was letting on, but he had found the bike. Unfair credit to him, he went to my daughter's house where her mother was there and led them to where the bike was stashed. And the whole bike was recovered. Intact. Six days later. All of this through social media, through using social media the right way, through being as aggressive and as confrontational as you can possibly be in order to get something back that's been stolen. Now, I'm telling you this because I I want you to know that Social media can be used in this way. If you're a victim of crime in your area, you can actually use social media, not only to find the person responsible, but to get the property back as we have done. Now, the police haven't managed to get hold of the kid that nicked it. Even with his name and his address and the address of all the different places he goes, they still haven't managed to get him. And I was even told 
even told that once the police had picked the bike up from where it had been stashed, that they wanted to speak to me. They wanted to speak to me about my use of social media throughout this. And I suspect it's I shouldn't be naming people and putting locations on Facebook when, in reality, what they should be doing is, hey, how the hell did you manage to do that? Come in and teach us. But that's probably not what they wanted. But it is what they should get. So this was a very angry period in my life, a very angry week that I faced. Took up a lot of time throughout my life. But luckily, I had the time to be able to do this, and I had the skill to be able to do this. Because if I had just left it to the police, my daughter would never have got that bike back. She would still be paying a hundred and something pounds a month, whatever it is, on the finance for a bike she can't ride. And some absolute scally from Newport in South Wales will have had a bike for use for a week or so and then set fire to it because that's what was going to happen. And that's all through social media. That's not the kind of podcast you expected to listen to today, is it? But thank you for listening and I will catch you on the next podcast. <laughs>